Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello and good day, magnificent, tremendous, fabulous podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you as always. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're doing amazing. I'm sending you a massive, massive hug through the airwaves, giving you all the energy and good vibes for the day. We have a tremendous episode of the show for you today. We have Mark England and Mike Bloodsoe on the show, and we are talking about how to harness the power of work word, language, and story to transform your life and reach peak potential. These boys are amazing. They have both been on the show before. They are experts in their fields, and we are going to cover a lot on this episode. We talk about uh, Mark's background in performance, understanding the conversation with ourselves about ourselves, uh, focused workaround language, and all of these incredible tools uh, around language. We explore what is identity, uh, why story rules, including the stories we tell ourselves, the vision board story. We talk about uh, treating yourself like, you know, if you were five and being kind to yourself, how our emotional states um, can rule us and influence our lives. We talk about um, suppressing emotions. We do a deep dive into psychology. And this is just the tip of the iceberg in this episode. We cover a vast amount of topics and information that's going to help you. So I know you're going to love this episode. There's so much great information in it. If you like it, please take a screenshot, tag me at Matt Belair, tag Mark England and tag Mike Bloodsoe as well. Uh, Share on Facebook, on Instagram. Let us know where you're listening or if you have any questions, um, we are happy to get back to you. Um, I want to thank everybody who has supported the show. If you want to help out, leaving a review in iTunes is super helpful. You can share. That also helps. And tossing a buck in the bucket on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and toss a buck in the bucket, it helps immensely. So thank you. Thank you to all my patrons. I appreciate you very much. And the best thing that you can do as always is do one kind act for another person today. Uh, Give that dollar to the homeless person. Give them five. Uh, Give somebody a compliment. Uh, Tell somebody you care about that you haven't reached out to in a while. Just send them a a note about a memory or something that they did that's nice for you. Just let them know you're thinking about them. Tell your parents you love them. I'm sure they'll never get sick of that. Just do one kind act today and that is the best way you can support the show. For those of you guys who are interested in coaching and you are really wanting to uncover your life purpose and live with more passion, you want to break through your limiting beliefs and old programs, and you want to learn how to design your preferred reality mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, and you want to learn the best tools and strategies of the world's elite performers, hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. I am taking some more one-on-one clients, and whether you 
you're what I would refer to as an everyday Joe or you're a CEO or a high performer, there's definitely some tools that can help you achieve what you are looking for. But it is very important that we are able to define that first. And that's where we begin. But no matter where you're going, these tools are timeless. They are ancient and will definitely help cut through all the um, let's not say crap, but all of the uh, fuzz of the world of peak performance to what matters. I would also like to thank this episode's sponsor, Procabulary.org, which was created by Mark England, who is on the podcast today. It is a fantastic masterclass in language. If you go to Procabulary.org, you can check it out and you can get $100 off if you use the checkout code WORDMAGIC. It is literally going to go into a masterclass of everything that we speak about today. And if you're more on the athletic side, you may prefer in lifted.me. This is the program they're talking about today. It's more geared around uh, athletes and weightlifting and performance and things like that. So if you go to inlifted.me, they do a cognitive assessment test for free. So you can check that out. So either go to procabulary.org, use the checkout code WORDMAGIC, or go over to inlifted.me, check out the cognitive assessment form, check out the work of the boys, and that wraps it up. So thank you guys so much uh, for listening. I am grateful that you are here for your attention. I hope that you're having an amazing day. So let's get into this episode, but let's begin it by coming into a state of peace and coherence so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath now just let it out slowly filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with joy peace contentment energy enthusiasm inspiration and ready to take on this amazing episode with mark england and mike bledsoe Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today, we have two incredible guests for you. Our first guest, Mike Bledsoe, is a coach, competitive athlete, entrepreneur, and lover. He is co-founder of the Shrugged Collective, owner of CrossFit Box, Faction Strength and Conditioning, and co-founder of Enlifted. Our second guest, Mark England, is a martial artist, language geek, TEDx speaker, and co-founder of Procabulary and Enlifted. Welcome back to the show, my friends, Mike and Mark. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you for having us back. Boys, so good to see you again, man. We have a lot to talk about. Um, we're going we're gonna to dive into a lot of things, but you guys have just released, I think, officially the Enlifted athlete, which I had the privilege of going through. Um, it... it carries from the work that you did before, Mark, of vocabulary using language in such a powerful way to enhance your outlook, your perspective around training, fitness, performance. Um, but both of you guys have a background in just training, strength, um, all things fitness. So where do we begin? Would you guys want to give a little bit about your background and history for those guys who don't know you and then just how you got into and lifted, why you created it and uh, how it can help people? It's a lot, but take it from here. <laughs> sure. Tell me about yourself, man. Sure. Mine? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, my entire life, since the, the age of 13, I've been uh, curious about the human body, um, meditation, uh, the, the whole kit and caboodle of what can improve performance. 
And uh, that took me to from training myself when I was in high school to joining the military, um, getting out of the military, studying exercise and sports science, opening a CrossFit box back in 2007, um, and then eventually in 2012 starting a podcast called, called Barbell Shrug, where we, we tackled topics of strength and conditioning. And uh, it, uh, that thing blew up. And uh, it, it did really, really well. Um, in fact, I, I recently left uh, Barbell Shrug and am no longer with that team. Um, and one of the big things that, that uh, caused that to happen is over the years, um, being so hyper-focused in business on physical performance and physical fitness, I, I hit some walls along the way. And... Um, I wanted to keep getting better. And then what I ended up uh, going down some paths that include plant medicine, uh, bouts with mushrooms and ayahuasca and, and all that, and digging more into personal development, language, uh, emotional development, and finding that some of the, the biggest pillars that I got to work on was emotional and mental in nature. And that, was, that started making the biggest difference in my overall performance. And so um, becoming, looking at the landscape of physical fitness, you know, there's, there's definitely some new things emerging. That's really exciting on the physical side, but where I began to gravitate the last few years has been more on the mental emotional side and diving deep into that. And I'm, I'm so happy to be able to partner with Mark, um, with vocabulary and with Unlifted to start delivering uh, things that I think make the biggest difference for athletes and for human beings as a whole. I, I'm extremely interested in becoming the ultimate human. It, like, you know, we, we got this life. Let's do it the best we possibly can do it. That's my, inter uh, my interest. And because of that, it's caused me to do a massive amount of experimentation. So I experiment with myself. Nine out of ten things that I try, I don't recommend. And then that <laughs> they all he's got great stories about him. Just <laughs> yeah. So about ten percent of the stuff I try, I pass on and say, "Hey, this is a better way of doing it," which is awesome because I get to help people go a lot faster through the same process that I went through without all the uh, the pitfalls. Um, and I got yeah, I got awesome stories out of it. So it, it makes for an, uh, an entertaining life even if I got a little banged up along the way. So that, that's me in a nutshell. That's awesome, man. Well, I just want to say real quick, because the first time we met, you were on the podcast, and then I met you at the Envision Festival, and, and I got to give you a hug. And the first thing I noticed is like, you're like the densest person I've ever hugged. You're like made of lead. I don't understand what's happening here. And, um, you know, as an athlete, you know, some of your old photos, I don't know what you were lifting, but it's absolutely absurd how much lift you can pull up how much weight you can pull off the ground, like as an athlete and extremely impressive. And what you did with uh, barbell shrugged and all that work is very impressive. And so to move um, and start to shift your focus is, is really amazing. And even when we had the show, you talked a lot about that is how a lot of people would want to come to you and they want the absolute best knowledge, strength, conditioning, fitness, diet, whatever. And your first question is, why do you want that? Like, what's the real reason that you're here and getting to the core of that? So I think that the work is extremely valuable. Yeah, thank you. 
Your turn. My turn. Yep. <laughs> a million trillion years ago, I was a, a competitive MMA guy. I wrestled in high school and got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing in college and myself and the guys I, would tr- I was training with. We were, we were competing and it was fun and exciting and it gave me a new sense of, of, of purpose and all the discipline I could, I could ask for. I moved to Thailand after I graduated college in 2002 and the, 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 the plan, the plot and the scheme was to be over there for a year, polish up my skills and come back and go pro. That didn't happen. What did happen was my second knee surgery over there. So I banged myself up in my own uh, special way and shipwrecked myself in a, in a foreign country uh, and, and stayed over there because me being uh, uh, the, the fighter, I would rather be a stranger in a strange land than, than come back and not be able to participate in that sport that I love so much and, 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 and be seen as a failure first and foremost by myself, because that's totally how I felt. Darkness descended over there and I got tired of being a victim. I had zero context as to what that meant in comparison to what I do now. And I knew that, uh, um, you know, being able to smile and laugh and enjoy my life was important and I wasn't doing any of those things. So I started exploring how I got myself into that situation, Matt. And the thing that I kept coming back to, like, like Mike, I am an explorer. I am curious. As the old saying goes, curiosity killed the cat. Satisfaction brought him back. The second part's very important. And so I'm curious. I like to explore, um, you know, what, what things are available to me. A lot of times they're out of the box and I'm with him on the numbers. Nine out of 10 don't work. I tried a lot of different things. And what I kept coming back to is the practice of cultivating and moderating my own personal story. So the conversation that I have with myself about myself. And, and where I'm at with the whole thing now is that that conversation is what makes us or breaks us. And there are styles. There are ways to tell myself a story about myself that's, that's deprecating and, and, um, uh, and, and belittling and, and conflict-ridden and stress-inducing and, and, and very limiting. There are also ways for me to talk to myself about what I can do and why in ways that are expansive, that to get to, that, that help me see myself as more confident and capable and, and successful and, and also help me breathe and move better. So having done that for a number of years, uh, we got introduced and I did Barbell Shrugged January 20th of 2017. And many things changed for me that day. The minute I walked into Paradiso CrossFit in Venice Beach and, and to do their show, and I met Mike, as soon as I shook his hand, man, I'm like, I like this dude. He's rad. Let's be buddies. And so we did. We hung out for a year and then started talking about uh, doing some workshops together. Language work, movement, breathing. Let's get the, let's get the, let's get the, the, the foundation of what we're all doing dialed in. And we did. 
And that conversation, we can go into it in as much detail as you like, that birthed and lifted the enlifted athlete, the way of the enlifted athlete, the course that you just took. Amazing. Yeah. And I just, I just finished the course and I highly recommend it to any athlete and also any human being. And also you've sponsored the show. Um, and I've been glad to do that and put out the vocabulary of the recent uh, couple months because I've done so many personal development courses and uh, the way that you've just distilled the power of language, how I converse myself, how I understand that in, in a level that went beyond NLP and it went beyond hypnosis and just a very simple and practical way. But the other thing you did is you made it super easy to learn and digest. And actually on the follow-up, I was going to send you an email before the show because I'm creating some courses now. And I say, Hey man, how do you put that together? Because you really do it brilliantly. And what I wanted to kind of share about, you know, your, both of your passes were similar in the way that we've, we're all really curious about performance. What are we capable of? If you're a martial artist, you want to know, how to be at my best in every single way, strength, technique, endurance. How do I um, have predictive um, abilities so I'm going to know what he does, everything. You kind of got to get like activate the sixth sense and Mike exploring in his own way too. And also how do you pick up more weight? You know, what is the most efficient way? And you start doing research and trying things. And it's amazing the people that are actually experimenting because they're the guinea pigs. They really know what works and what doesn't. And both of you guys going down and experimenting with probably any road that you hear about, because that's what I did, is like, oh, this is supposed to make you better. Cool. I'm going to show up and I'm going to give that a shot. And then I'll know if it works. And sometimes it doesn't and you're, you're all banged up and it was a huge miss. But now you know, you're like, you probably shouldn't do that. You can, but the result that I got was not great. But if you want to give it a whirl, be my guest. And so it culminates um, and the lifted athlete and, you know, the vocabulary course that you developed about a couple years ago, which is amazing. Um, and you talk about the foundation, you know, of all of this stuff, we're looking for superhuman performance and you come back to the foundation of language and, and um, perspective. So why don't you guys talk a little bit about what the idea is around in lifted athlete and what you're hoping to educate people, how you're trying to like help them and what you're trying to share, because it's uncommon, but even like I actually recently um, pulled my back doing absolutely nothing. I feel like I'm a thousand years old and got to the uh, injury part and it helped me so much instantly in, in the way that I was identifying in the way. And then I looked at all of my past from how I skateboard and snowboard and things that happened. I was like, just that little switch is a, is a very big difference in the way I can navigate and mitigate anything that happens now. And in the future, you, you can use the same skill in the future and it's not complicated, but it really does change um, your perspective and uh, situation that you're in. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the foundation piece and and talk about how all, all the things that we tried. So the majority of stuff that I did worked to a degree. You know, it got me 10% there. And I wouldn't recommend it because there's this other thing that works 90%. And so why waste your time doing things that kind of work versus the thing that really works? And so um, one of the things that, that came to me is when we started doing uh, focus work around language. When, when I started doing that, I found that I was able to go back to these other techniques. Um, you know, a, a perfect example of this is ayahuasca. 
is ayahuasca was very beneficial for me um, on many different levels, mental, emotional, spiritual, um, and physical. It, it cleared me out physically as well. But when I came out of that experience, um, it, I felt a little lost. It was a little confusing. And, uh, and, and it took me some time to put it back together. And fast forward to now, now that I have honed the, the, the skills of language, I sat in a ceremony uh, a few months ago. I did four ceremonies down in Costa Rica. And in ceremony, as things were bubbling up in my consciousness, I was able to be more of a director of the show. And yes, Mother Ayahuasca does take you where she wants to go. And I was able to, it felt way more like a collaboration. And I, had a, a, I was able to collaborate um, with the medicine because I had this really strong foundation. And so now when I interact with people who want to do all these really cool things, these really cool techniques, I go, hey, let's do this first. Let's knock out the foundation first. Now that you have these frameworks, and so when I say foundation, I think about mental frameworks. And mental frameworks are a way of thinking about something. Um, or uh, what we like to do is, is instead of saying it's a, it's a way and that like it feels like a static type of conversation, we give you processes for ways of things. So give you frameworks that are that evolve um, and give you enough understanding that where you can tweak them for yourself instead of it being such a such a static thing that doesn't move, something that's concrete. And for so in my example is when I began to really nail down the foundation of language and it, it gave me access to emotional and uh, an energetic type of ex um, where I could I had more power over the over the meaning of what was happening in the moment, and so now I can go back and use all these other tools. And because I have these language tools on board, it everything's a lot smoother. Everything's a lot faster. I can remove resistance in myself uh, a lot more easily uh, because I have this foundation. Yeah, amazing. Mark, do you want to add on that or? Yes, please. The pro in procabulary, <clears throat> it does not, negation acknowledge, stand for professional. It stands for process. And Mike talked about frameworks and giving people uh, um, a way of, of processing what they're experiencing and guiding, being, being more of a, a conductor, conducive, conducting. Con, a, a conductor in in their story, more of, a, of an of an orchestrator, and we talked about this on the TED Talk. That the 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 main point of the conversation is that our identities are not what the current Webster's definition of identity is. The current Webster's definition of identity is it's the fact of being who or what a person is. Now I know no one who is factual in the story that they tell themselves, in the character they create, especially not me. My character is an ongoing, fluid, flexible process. And I participate in that ongoing, fluid, flexible process with the words that I use. And there's in vocabulary, it's in the Enlifted Course too, there's a subset of the English language that people use, myself included, to train wreck themselves. It's called conflict language. And, it, and over time, when people use it in the short, medium, and long term, they put themselves in stress responses. And when Mike goes into a stress response or I go into a stress response, 
when we send ourselves into stress responses or you, Matt, or anybody that's listening, we trap our breathing. Our breathing gets trapped in our upper chest and shallow breathing leads to negative overthinking and then negative overthinking leads to more shallow breathing and so on and so on and so on. And as that happens, our ability to change our perspective goes way down. Our, our, Our ability as listeners goes way down and we become over time rigid, okay, and stiff, first and foremost in our minds, and then it shows up in our, our breathing mechanics and our body and our energy. And we say things to ourselves like, well, that's just the way I am. Or, uh, 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 you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, that's, just, just, that's just who I am. No, that's just the way I've been thinking about myself currently, process word there, in this particular situation. I've got two polar examples of this. So Mark moves to Thailand in 2002, gets knee surgery number two, and blows the whole story up way out of proportion. Uh, The world's ending. uh, I'm a loser. uh, Here's all the proof I'll ever need that I'm not good enough, doomed to fail, all that stuff. Suffer tremendously. Last year, he and I go to a jujitsu class and dude puts me in a, in a, a key lock. I'm, it was a modified thing. I hadn't seen it. My jujitsu is old school. I try to get out. I'm yanking and elbow blows up. It explodes. It rips. Bone pops off. It was, it was wonderful. And uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's only one real thing that makes that kind of noise on a jujitsu mat. And that's that soft tissue ripping. Yeah. So he lets go. Half the mat looks over at me. I'm looking down at my arm and I immediately go to my calendar. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, that just happened. Breathe. Instead of create huge victim centric story, breathe calendar. Yeah. uh, I'm not doing (laughs) that kettlebell certification in two weeks on it. Let's take that off the calendar. I hope I can do paleo effects in six weeks. And Mike, we got to get in the car because my arms flopping around and I'm on the insurance. I'm the one driving. So it's, it was, it was, it was a big picture, super trauma or small picture. Keep the story small and focus on the next few steps. And that's what, That is a skill, very important thing to understand. That is a skill that anybody can develop, okay? It happens over time, and and a lot of it comes down to just a a little bit of a different conversation from time to time with ourselves, about ourselves, and we raise our psychological and emotional immunity to life because life throws curveballs. They are coming. That's fact, okay? A buddy of mine... Uh, he drowned Saturday. Okay. Went to high school with him. He's in the James river. He grew up on the river. Something happened. He drowned and, um, rest in peace, Todd Jackson. And another friend, uh, longtime high school friend, same crew found his body the next morning. Think about that. He went out, the, the police, uh, the search, dive and search team were across the river, and he and some other friends were in a boat. They were on the other side of the river. They found him. He got on the phone, called his mother, and then his mother was there 10 minutes later. That's a very intense life story. That's a curveball. And he was able to maintain uh, focus and perspective and make good choices during that whole thing because he, he, he maintained good breathing 
And he was able to he was able to navigate that situation so much so that when he and I talked yesterday, yesterday, this is all very fresh for me right now. He was able to say, yes, that is a tragedy that Todd died that way. And I'm negation. And I was not going to allow myself to make that the first thing that I think about when I think about Todd. Todd had a 42 year life. Dude lived a lot. He, he had a lot of fun, did a lot of cool stuff. He was a, a great dad. And yes, there is this one particular point in the story that is what it is. And I'm focusing on the big picture of this guy's life. I'm going to celebrate his life instead of celebrating his death. And that right there is what we're talking about. You know, it's the ability to, to be able to choose the stories that we allow ourselves to believe because there is, there is a variety of ways to tell ourselves stories. And that's what makes us or breaks us. The story rules. That's where I'm at with the whole conversation right now. And when, if I can learn to do it, anybody can learn to do it. We get that a little bit better and then a little bit better and solid and, 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 and more and more, um, you know, introspective as opposed to, you know, doing the blame game, worst case scenario. Then we open up capacities for us to become more as athletes for us to become more as community members, for us to become more in our relationships, for, for us to become better business partners. The story has to be in place. Otherwise, the thing, whatever, insert whatever thing that it is you're doing will go down in flames. Yeah, wow. Well, shit, man. First of all, really sorry to hear about your buddy, man. That's, that's, that's terrible. And, and I like the frame that you, you shared on it. You guys shared so much there that I kind of want to touch on from my perspective. But um, at the beginning, Mark, you talked about uh, understanding the conversation with myself about myself. And I think that as foundational, conscious, sentient beings, that is one of the most fundamental things that we can have a look at and learn how to master within ourselves. Because when Mike talked about freedom, you know, when we look at a perspective, it would say, okay, from an athletic perspective, it'd say, you know, I'm going to go do this back backflip. Well, I'm probably not going to land it. Well, I probably won't land it. If I reframe that to I have all the skills and ability necessary to land this trick, my intention is to land this trick and do it with confidence, the probability of that now dramatically increases my ability to do that. You can insert fitness, uh, entrepreneurship, speaking, whatever the heck you want. But then it goes into another thing because you talked about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. And this is how we're navigating and experiencing reality. And when you're in fear and all your settings within your language and your internal dialogue are limited, you're experiencing limited information, limited story, limited life experience, because you're not picking up all of this extra information that is around when you are relaxed. And so you know this from fighting, but you don't go into a fight real angry. You know what I mean? You're probably the same thing with a lift. I don't know if it's the same. You can tell me, but you probably don't want to go into a lift real angry. You probably want to be relaxed and focused. And then at this certain time, you're directing your energy and putting it towards these actions that you need to do. It's a high, high level of mastery. And so when we can learn to use language and the stories we tell ourselves to open the perspective, to open the lens of information. Now we're moving towards a real flow state because it is this balance of how we're experiencing the external and how we're managing that internally by the story we're shaping around it. So maybe you guys want to touch on that before I ask a question. Yeah, one thing about approaching, say, lifting the heaviest weight possible from getting angry first, that's how most people do it. 
right? Yeah, so I thought. <laughs> the only thing they know. If they, it's either I'm, I'm angry and I'm going nuts and I go, or it's I'm going to bed. <laughs> There's like very little in between. Um, and I remember when I made that shift in my training where I was amped up for two or three hours at a time. And then I realized that I was making myself extremely tired when I was doing nothing in between lifts. So yeah, that learning to direct your attention and, and have that focus and being calm and collected, um, uh, that was a huge difference for me when I, when I made that shift. There's a correlation between how we're breathing and what we're seeing. When someone, let's just say me, when I'm shallow breathing, labored breathing, things are up close and in my face. I remember this very well from when I was competing as a fighter. I would stress myself out. I would work myself up, heart rate pounding. I even got sweaty, well, not just a couple of times, numerous times when I would think about the fights, when I would prepare myself. And guess how I would fight? Guess how I would compete? All stressed and tensed and like way jacked up. Good buddy of ours, we're going to Burning Man with him, Rick McCoy. He is the premier MMA coach in Virginia, and he's coached a lot of people. He's, go, he's taken a lot of fighters to fights, and he said it's, it's not the guy that's all jacked up and angry that, 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 freak, that scares me. It's the dude that's cool, calm, and focused and relaxed on the other side of the, of, of the cage because when that's happening, someone's breathing in their abdomen, and when they're breathing in their abdomen, they can get in the zone and flow. Very important. Very simple note, shallow breathing means in your head. In your head means overthinking and mechanical. Breathing down in your abdomen is fluid and flow. You can transcend the mind and the body will do some magical stuff. It will perform in the ways that you want it to, the ways that you've trained it to. Okay, and that's, what, that's, that's why I reached out to Mike, is that with vocabulary, we, we connected those dots between what you think and say and how well you allow yourself to breathe, which is very important in fitness. So we go on a show and, and now we're here. Yeah, I definitely agree with all those points because there's so much going on now with flow state and performance and you know, you guys would know better than me, but everything going on with the fitness world and the biohacking and things like that. And, you know, I was thinking about doing a video on biohacking because it's like, so many people are going out there looking for like the right supplement or the right this or that and completely forgetting about the foundation or just having consistency, you know, go biohack number one, show up consistently and do your best, you know, over what little supplement you're switching in and out of, right? Getting really back to these fundamentals and breath is a, another huge point. So what I wanted to ask you guys, just as far as a practical piece is, what are, what are some of the very common ones that, because uh, in, in the course, vocabulary and in Lifted, you go through, um, you know, negations and conflict language and binary language. And it's really great. I actually have my notes in my journal right here from taking the course because it, it is worthy of taking notes. Um, but when you switch it, it's like one of the things I learned a long time ago was switch the negative to positive. So if I'm like, ah, I don't want to land on my head on this backflip. So what do I want? I want to land the backflip. Oh, I don't want to... Uh, feel like a loser and, and fail at this business. So what do I want? I want to get the skills 
and knowledge I need necessary to be successful at this, this business and overcome any limitation that I have. It switches the frame. So maybe you guys could share a little bit of the common frame shifts that are, or pieces of this puzzle that are most common for people and then give them a solution. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Mark talk about the language, but I want to say first is it, it is funny that we want all these gadgets and supplements and diets and training programs. And the, the longer I'm in this game, the, the more I chuckle at what's going on. I, I see things being marketed or people go, well, what's the best thing for this and this and this? And I go, you're not going to be happy with the answer I give you because what you're talking about doesn't fucking matter <laughs> because you're, until you handle these foundational things around language, it doesn't matter how much C4 you boof or what, what you're sleeping on or whatever, or if you're doing the right training program, you, until you get that handled, everything else doesn't matter. And the, those, all those really cool tr tricks and gadgets and supplements are great if you've handled this first, then it actually gives you, I don't know how many people they go, well, does this work? And I go, I don't know, because everybody is different. And these tools give people access to knowing if it's working for them. It puts them in tune with their body. They go, oh, this supplement actually is doing something good for me. This diet is something good for me. This training program is something good for me or not. And so it's the, my, my goal is to get people to a place of self-validation and, and the average person is looking for external validation on, is there, is there research to support this or this or this? And I go, it doesn't matter because there's so many outliers and research, you know, science as being practiced now is broken. So if you, that's what you're relying on, on, on how you're going to train or how you're going to treat your body in any way, it's really ridiculous. So these tools that you get, um, through, through language and breath and these types of things, put you in a place where you go, yeah, this is good for me or not. Let's talk about vision boards. Of course, Matt, you know what a vision board is. I assume yeah. most of your audience does too. I, I, I opened a couple of years of seminars. Well, opened. I included this particular piece in two years of seminars because it was audience appropriate. We would talk about vision boards and say, hey, everybody, Raise your hand if you know what a vision board is. Raise your hand if you've ever done one. Most people would say yes. So what do you do with a vision board? And people would eventually get to the, the you know, they would say, well, you know, we put what we want on there, what we want to manifest, what we want to achieve, the things we want to accomplish. I'm like, cool, why? Well, so we can we, we can visualize it and 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 you know and focus on it. I'm like, okay, cool. Have you ever put what you do not want to have happen on your vision board? And everybody looks at me real weird and they're like, no, of course not. I'm like, okay, of course, why? Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Simple, simple answers. Well, what about your internal vision board? Oh, and that's what negations do. So when you mentioned Negation is the art and the science of focusing on uh, uh, what we don't want to have happen. Worst case scenario land. So when you mention backflips and someone says, man, I don't want to fall on my head and embarrass myself in front of all these people. What did I just envision? Me doing that. And there's been some well road tested studies about free throws 
and people can improve their free throw ability just by visualizing themselves making free throws. And it's safe to say that we do the same. If we practice success and positive outcomes in our mind, we rehearse that. I know for me as a public speaker, when I rehearse my presentations, I present better. And when I don't rehearse my presentations, my presentation skill goes down. And if I rehearse uh, choking on stage, then, then what am I setting the stage for? So here's a good example. Do you know who Ronda Rousey is? Yeah, man. Yeah, UFC fighter. She was, she was the thing for many a year. When she fought Holly Holm on Ellen DeGeneres, she went on beforehand. Was it Ellen or Jimmy Fallon? It doesn't matter. What she said very much matters. She goes, I know what she's going to try and do. She's going to go out there and make me miss and get me frustrated and, and then try and kick me in the neck. But that's not going to happen. Guess what happened? She went out there, made her miss, got her frustrated, and, and kicked her in the neck. <laughs> what we rehearse in our mind matters. And guess how we dictate that mechanism? With our words. Okay? So, just like you said, let's use that example because it's a good one. I've trained well. I know how to move my body. I'm going to stick this backflip. What do I envision? All those things. What am I likely to do? that. Do I know the percentages on that? No. And I know from practicing that myself that I'd much rather practice uh, uh, visualizing the positive outcomes than the negative ones, if only because it keeps me breathing well. That's amazing, man. Yeah, I 100% agree. And when you do that and you visualize uh, the, you know, when we talked about Ronda Rousey, GSP was one of the first to popularize going into the ring and imagining success and things like that. And, and that kind of stuff is really old school. People have been doing that forever. You know, if you do one of the things I like to do when I'm training people, whether it's athlete or entrepreneur, and if they haven't tried this, I'll just get them to close their eyes, three deep breaths. You don't need to be able to meditate or anything like that. Um, just three deep breaths and I'll have them imagine a lemon and have them take a bite. 100% of people have their mouth water. So if you're creating an emotional response just through visualization, what do you think's happening? But it's so brilliant to understand that the uh, teleprompter of your mind, mm-hmm. and, and this is happening all the time, but you're not really consciously aware of it. But as this teleprompter continues to go and go, we have 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. That's the teleprompter. And it's creating micro emotions and micro intentions and micro, um, you know, future scenarios. And so if we could be more mindful of with what strip comes up, it's like, Oh, wait, hold on. Let's remove this one where I'm beating the crap out of myself. And, you know, um, in the, in lifted, it's really good because it's a lot of the common things that, you know, we work out for and, and why we get hurt because we get into ego base sometimes, or, um, we're out of the, you know, relaxed breathing in our stomach We're we're doing things for the wrong reasons rather than getting very, very clear, very, very centered um, and understanding that dialogue and that internal teleprompter, what's showing up there. And so what I wanted to ask is, um, and then I want to get into some other stuff around just performance, but what is like the number one thing that you guys would say for 
helping somebody just be more kind to themselves. You know, a lot of the, when I work with people and even for myself, I'm like, I make the firm commitment to be kind to myself and I'm not, I'm really hard on myself. And so I think that if we can be our number one supporters and learn how to do that in a real way, not a fake way, you know, it's just like when somebody does an affirmation, like I'm strong and fit, but they feel terrible. It's not a very strong affirmation. They're just saying a word, but they can't generate any emotion. So um, what do you guys have for a tip for just being, you know, kind to yourself if you're, you know, overweight and you're lacking and you see all these different things that you're not through comparison and whatever, what would be your suggestion for a tip to, to be able to be kind to yourself on a consistent basis in that basis that sticks? I, I like to think about um, the, our emotional states as the, the child inside of us. And when our emotions speak, it's a, it's a, it can be, they, they pop up in very illogical ways. And I, you've probably had this experience where you go, wow, I'm, I'm having this uh, I feel really sad. Or I feel really angry. And the thing that's making me sad or angry is kind of ridiculous. And it's something a five-year-old would get upset about, or I find myself wanting to throw a tantrum. And, but I don't because I'm an adult and I, I stuff it down. And uh, <laughs> uh, so my advice is, is treat, treat that, that emotional state as a child and have a conversation with it and so talk to yourself as if you were talking to a five-year-old if you have a son daughter nephew niece how would you talk to them if they were uh feeling fat you know oh i feel fat i i just want to lose some weight this or that in check in on that inner dialogue most people are saying i fucking suck uh i'm stupid i'm fat you would never say that to a five-year-old. You would never say that to your nephew or niece or something like that. What would you tell them? And that's the conversation you get to have with yourself. And a lot of people will hear that and, and, and maybe they think it's ridiculous, but that's how I do it. And that's how I teach people to do it. And they have that conversation and you start treating, really addressing that child inside of us and with kindness and visualizing uh, a five-year-old self. I, I have a friend, Anat, uh, who you met right before this show. She keeps a picture of herself from when she was about five years old on her phone. And it's a reminder that that is how she gets to talk to herself. That's how that, that little girl has, um, you know, needs attention. And when she's talking to herself, that's who she's talking to. And it creates a lot of compassion. That's amazing. I'll just give a quick, a uh, little bit of feedback on that because it's similar to techniques I've heard before in neurolinguistic programming and with working with people. It's interesting that when we have a traumatic experience or even not so traumatic, you, you would see it, you would see it happen to somebody between, you know, three years old and 10 years old, you might not think it's a big deal. But at that time to that individual, it may create a very large emotional response. And when this emotional response happens, um, it's traumatic. So the next day they have it, it's still there. The next day they still have it, it's still there. Then it imprints in the mind, which then imprints in the body. So you could take like a, a childhood uh, 
a child loses their father between five and 15 or, or whatever the case is, they're cognizant and they realize that they've lost their father, that memory might show up every single day until they die because it's so traumatic for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what it does is, it, is it'll bring that emotional state and it'll change how you make your decisions because this programming and this neural map that's happened is, is afraid. And now you're navigating through this lens of trauma, not addressing it. And so when you can view that inner voice sometimes or that emotion with a level of compassion and understanding that, you know, when you were a kid, you still have that memory. And memory and ego is designed to keep you safe. So when you walk across the street, you look both ways, ideally, so you don't get smoked by a car. Um, But it also remembers the things that were traumatic and fearful because it doesn't want you to experience it again. That's how the brain operates. So when you can learn how to switch the lens and just address it and and, uh, engage with a more empowering perspective and story and language around it, you're going to switch and turn off those receptors of fear and just have a more empowering, free and relaxed experience. Although that, that happened, it's not happening right now. It's not happening in the choice when somebody honks at you, when you're going for a job interview, when you're going down the road, you don't need that, that circuit to hardwire. So I just wanted to share all that and, and Mark, feel free to chime in. Yeah, absolutely. I want to dig deeper into that because, uh, you referenced, uh, you know, maybe they lost their father when they were five. What I find with most people is it's not a capital T trauma. Yes, that happens. And I've worked, I've worked with people who, you know, they watched their mom get raped in front of them when they were four. Or someone died in front of them when they were a little kid and they had this, that's a capital T trauma. But what I find that makes the biggest impact on, on most people is the little traumas. And you were right. It's a big deal to a kid. If you take a toy from a kid and maybe you say something about like, don't be stupid. And you take the, that kid's world just ended. It was Armageddon, right? Watch it. Just do it. Just take it. Don't (laughs) don't tell them they're stupid, but that would be, that would uh, embed a, a language pattern with that emotion but you could take that toy away and watch how they freak. We all seen it. I, I watch kids in the grocery stores that they don't get the box of cereal they want. They fucking flip out. And so uh, more often than not, I'm working with a client and we're going back to childhood and it's comical. The, the adult logical mind is, is, is going, no way that could be what it is. No way. And sure enough, way, way. So it, more often than not, it's silly. And so I, I like to point that out because a lot of times, even myself, I go, well, my childhood really was pretty easy. I, I wasn't abused. Nobody died. No one got raped. You know, I'm good. And yet I was still able to go back and find things that were very traumatic to me that, that did leave an imprint. And so the... The thing is, is when that traumatic thing happens and we create a story about it, we go, okay, when I, when this type of thing happened, I made it mean this about me. And now I've got a story about that emotion. And guess what? That emotion, I didn't like it. I judge it. And so now I've got to avoid that emotion at all costs. And this is what starts generating personality. And this is what starts generating a lot of things that people think are set in stone. They're not set in stone. 
So what ends up happening is, okay, I now associate this story with this emotion. I don't like this emotion. I'm going to avoid this emotion. So anytime anything like this shows up in my life, I'm going to avoid it. And now I have techniques. We develop these techniques as we get older to avoid situations. Maybe we don't get it. Maybe we're unable to stay in a relationship or, you know, we never get in the left lane in the car, whatever, you know, something silly. But you, there are, we, it starts creating our way of being. This is who we are and how we behave and how we go about our life. This is how we relate to ourselves. This is how we relate to other people. This is how we relate to the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And it really sets us up on a path and it puts us on a trajectory. And what I found is most people are not happy with the trajectory they're on. And then, and it's because the five-year-old is driving the, the, the ship. Okay. And it's what the five-year-old decided It's what the five-year-old decided to start being at that young age. Yeah. The, the techniques for avoiding that feeling get more complex as we get older. And so what, what we've done is we go back and we unwind that story. We go back that story and we get people to accept that emotion, that feeling, that emotion feeling they've been avoiding their whole life. I've been avoiding it for 30 years. Okay. We're going to pull it out. Ooh, that's big. You pull out an emotion that you've been suppressing for a long time and that emotion gets stuck. And so you think about emotion, emotion is energy in motion. And when we are rejecting of an emotion and we're suppressing it, emotions are coming from the body. And if we reject that and we suppress it long enough, it shows up as tension in the body. You may have heard that there are some theories that, that uh, memories are stored in the fascia. And anytime someone has bad posture, something's not in the right place, there's tightness in a muscle, so on and so forth, it's really the fascia that's wound tight. And what we can find is what may be a restriction in the shoulder is actually fascia that's tight in the gut because it's all, it's all, it's a web inside of your body. And I've watched people's posture change instantly in front of me when we're able to access and process an emotion they've been suppressing for 30 years. I've watched faces change, eyes light up, um, and it's quite the process to take someone and say, hey... We're going to help you relate to yourself better. We're going to help you relate to every single one of your emotions. And what it is, is that when you were a kid and you had that experience, you didn't feel safe. So now I got to feel safe. So we walk around the world like it's unsafe and we've got to be safe. So we have all these techniques. And so one of the things that we are able to do is say, okay, we can help you find safety in your body. And part of that is accepting every single part of you which means accepting every emotion that comes up and learning to be with it and love it. Man, that was amazing. That was, a, that was an incredible deep dive into psychology. And even for me, like I, I wrote down the loop because it seemed like the experience, story, emotion, and then it, it starts to become your personality, which I think was a big distinction for me to, to listen to. Um, and then when you say, this is the way you be, like this is the way I am, this is who you are, like this is who I'm being, it's so final. And once people get to whatever that is, it could even happen, like you said, at, at eight, that loop starts going and that becomes who we are. Right, become the 
bully and it just keeps going or it becomes this victim and it just keeps going and we feel like there's no way out of it. So I think that uh, that's a really important thing. And maybe that was the untold story of the foundation of Enlifted. Somebody took your kettlebell away and your world just exploded. And then Mark England came in the next day, decided to help you out and got to where we are today. So Mark, do you <laughs> want to chime in? <laughs> Sounds good to me. It's my favorite kettlebell, man. <laughs> Interesting side note on the history of Enlifted. Before it was called Enlifted, it was called Flow Stated. Yeah. Because I like that's that too. That's people nice. Put themselves in, in, in more fluid states of thought and more fluid states of feeling and more fluid states of visualization and more fluid states of moving. Breathing, moving. I got all four. It all it all works together. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And my my advice for people that want to become more aware of what they're saying and how what they're saying is influencing them, slow down your rate of speech by about twenty percent from time to time, and I also recommend a, a deep dive. Do that for a week. Okay, sometimes a, a, a few times throughout the day, in particular conversations, slow down what you're saying, and what will happen is that you'll breathe a little bit better, and you'll have a little more mental real estate to connect dots between the words that influence you in the ways that you like, and the words that influence you and other people that you're speaking to in ways that you do not like. Because all the conversations that I've ever had and you've ever had and everybody that's listened to this show have, has ever had that have gone south, there's a pattern there. There's a style. Same thing with all the great conversations, the ones that create connection and, 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 and quote-unquote positive outcomes and expansion and self-belief and great breathing mechanics. Those have a pattern too. And first, where it all starts is awareness. So slow down your rate of speech and you will become more aware. That's a great tip. You actually gave it on the, the first uh, show we did and I tried it for a week and it was great because I'm naturally a very quick speaker and I like interviewing you. This is the second time you've been on the show because uh, I recently started doing Toastmasters to become a better speaker for the podcast and you use the ums and ahs and all that kind of stuff and you will just come in with the words. You don't need to bring in a filler word. You just slowly speak coherently. It sounds nice. I enjoy listening to it. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of benefits to that. So it's a, a great piece of uh, advice and tactic. So I want to honor your time. We're getting a little bit later here. I know you get, you guys are doing a lot of things. So I'm going to throw a bigger thing at you and we'll see what shapes of it. But what you guys are both and myself too, really curious about human potential, what's happening on the planet, but also big picture things. You know, we want to be the, our best selves so we can have freedom, joy, contribution, and, and have an amazing life experience. And we have a lot of problems and, uh, things in the world that make that challenging because life in itself is a big mystery and, and all kinds of craziness. What do you guys believe is possible as far as, far as human potential and world peace and, and anything like that, as far as like a framework, if you were going to kind of give that to somebody and say, you know what, um, where do you see civilization's possibility going? Like adding in 
some things like this, understanding language, uh, where technology could go, um, interaction with communities, all these different things. It's kind of like a big general question, but I'm just curious on what you guys believe around human potential framework for that and achieving world peace in our lifetime. I see a lot of people wanting to change the world and it makes me nervous and it makes me nervous because uh, they are projecting uh, themselves out into the world. So a lot of times people are unhappy with something's going on. It's really is what's going on with them. And and a lot of, there's a lot of things that people are tackling that are really, really important. And there are, there are real world things that could use improvements. And what I witnessed with a lot of people who are the most passionate about making these changes is they're bringing their own shit to everybody else. And they have this, they have this fracture inside of them, this, this piece that's not, it, it's, they're not a complete, they're not really completely um, healed themselves. And so they're bringing that wound and they're, and they're projecting it onto the whole world. And it makes me nervous when someone goes, we need to change the world. And I go, I'm going to watch that person because a, I agree. I mean, I, I want to make a big impact on the planet and I want to help a lot of people. And there are definitely things that need to get done. And I noticed the majority of people are doing it are doing it from a place of, and I, I hate using this word, but it's going to work here, which is they're, they're coming out from a place of being broken. And that, that shows up in what they're doing and it makes what they're doing unsustainable. And then it also shows up in, in, okay, I'm going to make sure everyone has clean water, but there's always, there's something they didn't think about or, or something, someone gets stepped on in the process or something like that. And it's because there's a part of themselves they haven't healed and gotten complete with themselves yet. And so a lot of the most passionate people, they, they're, they're doing it because of the wound. So my, my goal in this world is if we can help people heal themselves, we get them where they can, they can heal themselves and then they also have the ability to continue to heal themselves because we're going to encounter more wounds over time. And if we give them these, these tools then when they are making a difference in the world, it is clean and, and pure. And the and it's, it's easier. So many people are fighting. I got to fight. If someone's in a fight changing the world, I'm running the other fucking way. I did that. I, I've had people, I watched this at Burning Man last year. People got out and they were like, we're going to start our own party and this is all the stuff that's fucked up and we got to fight. I've left the front row. Most, it was 20 people who I knew on stage and some booty shorts. I got up in the front row and I walked right out and people noticed. And it's because I could tell where they were. I, I could tell where they were coming from. And I can tell, and I can say that with confidence is because of the language they're using when it's somebody else's fault. And when there's someone to fight and there's a conflict and when they're against something, there's very few protesters, protesters out there that are for anything. It's anti this and anti that. You say anti something, I walk the other way. You're not getting my support. And so, it's not even, a, it's not even a, a protest. It's a contest. Yeah. Pros and cons. Pro is positive. So 
be an activist in the world, but be a proactivist. What are you doing? It, stay away from the conflict. And really, I, I see the biggest difference, the biggest positive difference I can make in the world is to help people heal themselves. Because how people show up from moment to moment is the biggest thing. That's it. Yeah, man, I, I love all that. And, you know, it always, this quote always comes to mind, but it's the one by Buckminster Fuller, where he says, you never change things by fighting the existing reality uh, to change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. And there's a lot, and I agree with that, with the observation that I've seen, it seems to be like this battle and some, some things, you know, maybe there's, there's fractions of that, but we need to focus on the solutions and also being mindful of being open to continually evolving because it's like we'll do a course or we'll get to a certain point and we're not open to learning or adapting when really we are still in the growth process and and in our wanting to help and in our compassion and and for wherever we are whatever reason some is doing it they don't see how it is just projecting their pain and it's not fully uh it's not fully ready to be shared but when you can I think you kind of closed on on the end. If you can just show up as a good individual, you know, as you are and be compassionate and be of service and do your best, you know, we start there, but focus on building the solution. If somebody has no water, then figure out how you may get them water, not beating down the people who are preventing them from getting water, if that makes sense. So it's um, usually not even true. The, the, the people who they're pointing at and saying they're the evil ones there's something else going on there nine times out of ten i don't we've we've all seen it people are pointing fingers at a a group that's that's doing something very wrong and you find out that there's all these constraints that that no one really understood and they're not really the bad guy in the first place they're doing the best job they can too and you know what the the outside of of helping people heal themselves and and have this conversation, the best thing we could do is uh, what what I want to do, and Mark's actively working on this, is get this get this stuff in the hands of kids, get the the language that we're growing up with. We are having we are correcting it. I'm 37. Mark's what 42. We're correcting this. Look good. In our 30s and 40s. What if when someone's born, their parents speak consciously? What if when they go to school, this is taught? We learn grammar and spelling, but we don't learn about negations and affirmations and projections and reflections. What if this was normal and this was something that was in the education system from the very beginning? Those are powerful children who will become powerful adults. Yeah, I 100% agree, man. And that's a, for, for me when I wrote Zen Athlete and wasn't, you know, which wasn't sure what I was going to write about. The main thing, oh yeah, thanks, man. That's, that's an honor to be in that, in that spot over there, man. Um, it's, this is for kids. If you're an adult, you can go through that and you can learn a lot. Like vocabulary. when I went through, I've done so many language courses and I go through it because I knew I was going to get an upgrade and, and the way that it's buttoned up and the way that it's packaged, I'm like, yep, easy, understandable, applicable forever. And 
I know the shift. It's a shift from, it's just like, am I going to kill myself or, you know, can I open up the frame to what I prefer? And it changes everything. It's incredibly powerful. And if we can get this to kids, that's really where it's at. And that's where I see that potential of whole kids, whole people helping, like just, just do your best to show up as a great human being. Um, you know, do your best to be your best version of yourself, create what you want, what you're passionate about, um, contribute to your community. And if there's something more you want to do, you can, but it has to start internally. You know, it's like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, that kind of thing. But you know, the more of us that can get to that level and then work together, we can make a very massive positive impact together once we're operating on that level. So, um, Mark, do you want to chime in with anything? I have had, gotten, created, choose your words, the opportunity to travel around the world numerous times, talking to all different kinds of people, five different continents from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different languages, different countries. And in all of those talks and presentations, I say the word abracadabra and everybody goes to magic. In my personal opinion, that is the most recognizable word on the planet. And it is a sleeping giant, ladies and gentlemen, friends and colleagues. And as people become more aware of what it actually means, most people think magic. What it actually means is, well, it is uh, an Aramaic word. And it translates to with my word I create or with my word I influence. And the, the profundity of understanding that I am influencing very, very powerful aspects of myself with my words, my imagination, my feelings and emotions. We've talked about this, my physical body and, and, and how I breathe all day, every day, and the people that I come in contact with, with my words, that gives me a place that it's not close to home. It is home for me to begin the work, for me to begin my work instead of all locked up, all fucked up, traumatized, crazy victim mentality story, been wronged seven, wronged 1,700 times by 42 different people. Now, I'm going to go out like this. It's like somebody with the worst alignment and posture and breathing mechanics, teaching gymnastics. Okay. No, open yourself up and then move into whatever, um, area of interest that you have, that you want to see change in. I, I went and taught a kickboxing class this past Saturday at an orphanage in Mexico to 20, uh, uh, uh Mexican girls, orphans. I saw that on your story, man. That's amazing. Dude, it was for me totally. It was it's amazing. Um, uh, these kids get dropped off at the door. We had a seven-year-old girl in the car with us driving down there. She didn't know what day she was born on. Okay, and that that bo it bothers me in the right way. And so what I mean by that is I say I see okay. There's there's uh, uh, how many how many kids how many orphans are there out there that 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 can benefit from. You know, maybe some martial arts or learning, it doesn't matter what it is, from positive interaction with, with adults. And when I show up there, the first thing I'm focused on is how I'm breathing. 
Because guess what? That influences how they breathe. It's called entrainment. Look that thing up. That's crazy. Okay. And our language is an inheritance. And so when we, when we gift the next generation a, a better storytelling mechanism, also known as words, and we've cleaned up to a degree the emotions and feelings we've created, because guess what? They get that too on some level. That's just my, my strange outlook. Then we're setting them up to win. We're setting them up to be different kinds of human beings. Okay? Most people's language works against them. We're teaching people, adults, and children how to use their language to work for them. So they stay focused on what matters to them. They breathe well. They interact well. They, um, they shit, they can just have fun, enjoy their life. You know, shocker there. Um, and so, so when, when I think about, so for the people that are passionate about making change, move, think about how you're feeling when you move into the arenas that you're, you're being instrumental and influential in. If you're all locked up about stuff, um, you know, that's, that's more Luke Skywalker. I'm 42 years old. I'm, I am taking steps every day to become more Obi-Wan Kenobi because I understand the power between the two, the difference between the two. Uh, so, Changing the way people understand story, their stories, the mechanism of stories, and giving them ways to practice these things. Um, I say this consciously. I don't know what we can do. And I say that with a lot of excitement. Okay. I know the benefit that I've received, that I've created for myself from, from, going from being a, a almost professional victim, a consummate victim, convinced, convicted. Mental, mental prison sentences I created for myself to someone that breathes better and listens better and, and plays better with others, okay? Both personally and professionally. I used to be an asshole, I really was. I was that guy in high school. Um, and, now, and now I'm better and I'll be better next week and I'll be better next month. And, 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 you know, we'll see how far we can take this thing, man. Awesome, man. Beautiful answer. Well, I, I totally agree with getting this to the next generation and uh, doing our best to be, you know, the, the example, you know, just the, the, in humility and authenticity, you know, not pretending to be something that we're not just be where we are as, as humbly and as authentic as we can and uh, do our best to get better and, and move towards uh, what we're inspired to do and let other people do their thing. So boys, it's been a privilege and an honor. I have lots of love and respect for both of you as human beings, as what you're doing in the world. Um, what do you guys want to leave the listeners with? Um, make sure they can find out, you know, about it and lifted and all that kind of stuff. But any last tidbits you want to leave the listeners with? Thanks so much for coming on and feel free to embellish if you wish. We love you too, Matt. Thank you for having us on again. It's a, it's, it's, you're a great conversationalist and a great uh, uh, listener and a great podcast host. That's all I have to say. I've said everything else in the show. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. I think we've said enough. I think so. You guys crushed it. Well, it's always a privilege to chat with you. I'm so sad. I will not be dancing in some sort of ridiculous outfit at Burning Man with you both, but I hope you enjoy your time 
and uh, we will see you at the next one. But thanks for your work and everything you guys are doing and, and the commitment to making just a contribu- contribution to learning to growth and everything you're up to. Uh, it's always a pleasure watching you guys. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. See you guys. Bye. All right, guys, that wraps up that amazing episode with Mark England and Mike Bledsoe. I hope that you enjoyed it. This episode was chocked full of really practical and effective tools for understanding and mastering your psychology, your consciousness, your thought, and it really was a masterclass in psychology. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you liked it, please take a screenshot, share on Instagram, tag me at Matt Belair, uh, Mike Bledsoe, Mark England. Let us know where you were listening. If you had any questions, um, it really does help to support the show. You can also leave a review on iTunes and also patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair if you want to toss a buck in the bucket this is guys if you want to check out this course um, i had the honor and privilege to go through procabulary.org it literally is a master class in language and i went through the enlifted program too and it is again it is such a powerful way to understand your own thinking your own internal dialogue the language and story you use for yourself and the language and story you use in the world so the enlifted really helped me uh add very powerful powerful frames to my own performance, my own training, and what I'm doing as far as martial arts, weightlifting, training, and everything I'm trying to get good at, skateboarding, uh, the bow staff now, just all kinds of things. It really helped me frame things in training in a very empowering way. And the procabulary.com Org, well, it's the website, Procabulary, is really a masterclass in language and psychology, a must-have and a must-do um, course for people who are interested in psychology and the quality of conversations that they're having inside their head because that conversation really does affect your external reality and the world that you're living in. So these guys really are masters in their field. They're very humble, uh, great people on top of the amazing courses they're creating. So check them out at enlifted.me and procabulary.org. And if you go to procabulary, you can use the checkout code wordmagic for a hundred bucks off because they are indeed this episode's sponsor. So that wraps that up. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your time and your support. And I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're doing fantastic. Sending you a big, big hug through the airwaves. So let's wrap this one up wherever you are. um, Just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, empowerment, inspiration, confidence, energy, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.